The bliss of the abyss, it's here now. Welcome back, you scallywags, to another episode of The Bliss of the Abyss with your host, me, Robert Newmark Jones. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? The sun's setting behind the clouds, the birds chirping, the neighbours screaming. What a thing it is to be alive and to be young is very heaven. But not me, you say. Not me, not me. It's over. It's over for me, I'm afraid. Because I just had my birthday and, oh man, turning 16 is tough. You know, people just don't understand the struggle. Uh, I didn't turn 16. I turned 17. So I just had my birthday. You know what? I've gone through... How about you? You tell me. I've gone through quite a few years of not giving a flying... Bollocks! <laughs> a flying bollocks? About my birthday. Um, and... Mm, excuse me. I think I've come around the other way now. I've come all the way around. Oh, sorry. Hold on. This has gone wrong. I think I'm going to start caring again, like I did when I was sort of 17 or whatever, 21. You know, those big ones? That, those like, yeah, I'm 27, man. I'm going to start doing that again, except um, for, for being 38, which no one cares about. One of the least important ages you can be. Jesus didn't make it to 38, did he? Everything post Jesus dying, every age, yeah, 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 you're on, you're on unsteady ground at that point. That's my bar. That's my bar for where I'm left, uh, measuring where I'm at in life. Did Jesus do it? What would Jesus do? WWD40. Um, so it was a good birthday. Thanks to everybody who came, or thanks to everybody who sent messages. I actually, um like an old person went on my Facebook and saw people and it's never the people you expect and uh, this is not a new observation it's trite and I'm not going to go into it but I did say thank you to those people and thank you to everyone else who reached out in any other way and fuck you to the people who didn't hey fuck you to the people who didn't uh, but thank you to the people who did but fuck you to the people who didn't um I had a good time. The day before my birthday, I had a terrible time. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Because I went to the British Comedy Conference. The BCG. And it should have been great. There were loads of massive people there. And I don't mean physically. <laughs> you know, head of commission for BBC, for... Uh, uh, UK TV for there was a producer from Sky News, uh, BBC Radio Four, bunch of bunch of actors, writers, all of that stuff was good. I mean, some of it was teaching grandma to suck eggs, but not to be you know mean. It was it was good stuff there, and if you didn't know some of it, it was very useful. Uh, so why am I bitching and complaining about it? Because as part of the package, Carpet and I who have written this sitcom. We've got six episodes of this fucking sitcom done and dusted, and it looks beautiful. Um, recovery, mean. It's it's good. It's really good. We've had some people read it. They all like it. We're on to a winner. So we have this script session with this um person. Uh, uh, I'm not going to use names. 
because that's not polite. But we had it scheduled for the end of the day, 4.30 to 5.30, which is when the conference ends. And um, so we go and, you know, we sit down and we, she's, her eyes are blood red and she smells of 15 coffees. I mean, you could just, it was just wafting over and it was, look, none of us are at our best when we haven't had much sleep, but for fuck's sake, she's being employed and she hadn't read the script, guys. That's what it is. So it's like fucking waste of time like one of the first things she she sits down and she's like it's formatted wrong it's like uh okay i mean it's not but um you got a problem with the formatting that's fine that's not really a creative note and it became apparent that she actually hadn't read any of the script because she was like right so you two are the main characters yeah and it's like no that's not what that that's not what it is that's not what the sitcom is we're not and she said it a couple couple more times and kept saying about how fucking tired she was i'm so tired i'm just so tired yes great and then she started pitching us her show but some of her advice at one point was um pull in a few favors it's like oh oh it's just that simple you know what i'll do i'll just call up that commissioner that i'm mates with who owes me for that time and i'll be like yo Remember how you owe me? How about you put on my sitcom? How about you put on my show? It's like fucking not that simple, lady. I mean, she she had a few bits of advice, but a lot of it was just her complaining about being really tired and then making it very apparent that she hadn't read the script. And that was an hour of our time at the end of the day. So that put us into a bit of a funk, you know? You sort of think, well, what's the fucking point of that? I mean, I may as well just been that you know, we missed the session on gags and jokes. Might have just been in there. I mean, might have been a bit more interesting. Hearing about, you know, gag merchants selling their jokes to comedians and that's a weird way to make a living. That that would be interesting. More interesting than sitting across from a a clearly exhausted, uninterested person who was busy trying to get her own shit off the ground, which Fine, fair enough, but don't do that in our script writing session. I'm bitching about the same thing again and again and again and again and again. so unprofessional as well, isn't it? I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. She's like, I wake up at 5am and I write until 6 every day. Like, okay, that doesn't sound healthy. Is that, is that, are you meant to work 13 hours a day, seven days a week? Or should maybe you ease off a little bit? I'm not saying go all the way to me. Get properly lazy. No, you don't have to be properly lazy. I've got that covered. But maybe ease off the 13-7. I work 13 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 days of the year. I've been doing this project for 18 years and it's going to be made in the next five. So what is all of this? Anyway. Obviously, as with all these things, the uh, the reality of the industry is like far, far, far more depressing. It's all, you know, person after person being asked, how do we submit a script? And they're like, yeah, we don't we don't take submissions, direct submissions. But if you go to a producer, then the producer will come to us. It's like, oh, OK, OK, right. OK, so make sure you go to a producer first. Got it. Got it. Got it. 
So then that's the commissioners. Then the producers come on stage and it's like, so how do people get scripts to you? And they're like, oh, we don't take unsolicited scripts. So, you know, go to an agent and then the agent can give us the script and then we'll, and it's like, oh, okay, right. Uh, so, 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 so don't, we don't send them to you either. Actually, we have to, we have to send them to an agent and then the agent will send them to you and then you will send them to the commission. Got it. And there weren't any agents there. But I think you can guess what they might have been said if they were asked. Oh, no, we don't take unsolicited. No, 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 no. The worst part of the conference. Um, Again, I'm not going to name any fucking names. That's not what I'm going to do. But one of the worst parts was one of the speakers who was a writer and they were being asked, you know, about plot. It was the session on plotting. So it could be it could be potentially kind of interesting. Um, certainly there's lots to... There's lots to say about plotting, and there's lots of theories about it. There's lots of famous speakers on it. There's lots of... Um, what's the famous one? Is it, is it Save the Cat? Have you heard of Save the Cat? This is... Uh, let's get it up here. Save the Cat is... Theory in Script Writing. Save the Cat, my friends. Save the Cat again. Um, very famous book. The only book on screenwriting you'll ever need. Uh, save the Cat. Come on. Just explain what it is. Um, <clears throat> beat sheet. Blake Snyder's beat sheet. Blake Snyder. See, that's why I'm not a famous writer, because I'm not called Blake Snyder. Hey, I'm Blake Snyder. Um, and then Robert McKee is the other famous person. So, so this is the plot structure, okay? Three-act structure into bite-sized manageable sections. Opening image. Snapshot of the main character's problem before the adventure begins. Here we go. Visual that represents it. There it is, straight away. Set up. You expand on the before snapshot. Present the main character's world as it is. What's missing in their life. And then, yeah, some kind of theme is stated during the setup. And then there's a catalyst. Obviously, the moment life changes. It's the telegram, the act of catching your loved one cheating, allowing a monster on board the ship, meeting the true love of your life. The before world is no more. Change is underway. But change is scary. And for a moment, or a brief number of moments, the main character doubts the journey they must take. Can I face this challenge? Do I have what it takes? Should I go at all? It's the last chance for the hero to chicken out. And it goes on. It goes on. There's. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, because... There's a load more beats, but that's the end of Act 1. Then we get into Act 2, all of that stuff. Act 3, yep, all of that, the end. It's just, why, why am I saying this? The reason I'm saying this is there's 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 theory. And uh, plotting has, you know, certain people who are very mathematical and precise about it. It's not, it's not just what this person was saying, going back to my bitch... What I'm bitching about today. What I'm bitching about today. So, on stage, I wrote down some of his quotes because I was so annoyed. Again, not naming any names. You can look up stuff if you want. 
or just accept what I'm saying and love me regardless. Uh, there were some really interesting speakers there. Um, yeah, Adam Kay, who wrote This Is Gonna Hurt. Um, Daniel Peake, who writes Not Going Out, which if you're American, you don't know, that's like basically the longest run in sitcom in the UK, apart from one that aired a while ago called Last of the Summer Wine, which had sort of like 300 more episodes than Not Going Out. But anyway, very popular, very um, big primetime sitcom. So they all gave really interesting considered answers to, you know, how do you plot and how do you go from one beat to the next? How do you know when the character has to... But this one guy, every time it would come to him, he would say the least useful shit ever. So I wrote down some of his quotes. Imagine this. And behind him it says, plotting, how to plot, featuring, blah, blah, blah. Quote, I just kind of know how, end quote. Okay, great. Good for you, buddy. There's people in the audience who uh, paid £260 per ticket to hear you say, I just kind of know how. I just kind of know how. Great. Yeah, me too. Or not, actually, because you're sitting on the stage and I'm sitting here taking notes. So I don't know how. So do you have anything more than that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another one. Go on your instincts. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Hmm. That's what you're teaching me? Just go on my instincts? Oh, no, no, there's more. Like what? It just flows. <laughs> I mean, honestly, these are literally things he said on stage. Characters are easy anyway. I'm very fortunate as I have a producer. Great. As we've already heard before, that's a very hard thing to do, to get. The last quote, I mean, this is... Almost before the, the, the session was up, Q&A, all the rest of it. He says, even though I couldn't, you know, give a lecture or stand on a stage and tell you how, I just know how to do it. <laughs> Again, he sat on a stage. Behind him, it's how to plot. That's what he says. I'm going to repeat it just one more time. Just imagine I wanted to scream the absolute balls to be this blatantly unhelpful and entitled. I'm very fortunate as I have a producer. Even though I couldn't give a lecture or stand on a stage and tell you how, I just know how to do it. Right. Let me just write that down. I did write it down. Absolutely useless. Useless. Yeah, and the thing is, <laughs> the other thing is, um, Oh, shout out to Keith, who got us the tickets. Um, got two, imagine, 260. This, this one lady had come down from Newcastle, was staying in a hotel. I mean, how much is she dropping on this weekend trip to the comedy conference? Are we talking a ground? I mean... Uh, but it was good. I mean, yeah, it, it ended on that bad note, which sucked. And then we went to a pub, which was fun. Um... So we, we, you know, we rescued it. We rescued it. We didn't wallow. But quite a lot of that, I'd say, is a bit shitty, you know. It's a little bit. Yeah. But me and Carpet have recorded an excellent podcast, an excellent edition, which is going to be the next episode. And I just need to edit it. I just need to find the time. I've been doing a lot of voiceover lately. Um, and 
it's really eating into my free time to make and produce this podcast. So um, I'm, I am committed. I'm still here. I'm still doing it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just finding the time. Um, so that episode is going to be the next one and it's going to be called Push the Button. Push the button and let me know. Anyway, I saw Triangle of Sadness. Brilliant. One thing I would say is if you don't like vomiting, don't watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> but I made um, coconut oil, special coconut oil, the kind of coconut oil that you take and you start to giggle about half an hour later. Maybe if you took even more, you might see things. Uh, but surely not. Um, special coconut butter. Special, special, very special, slightly questionable legal status and very special. And we watched Triangle of Sadness and it was the trip mean. I would definitely recommend that film to Curious Minds. Uh, and it was my birthday, so I got to pick. So we watched Futurama. <laughs> we watched Triangle of Sadness. Um, oh, speaking of, I think just the other day I got another video i mean i know that was for the 100th episode and we're, we're beyond that now but um i think i got another video so let's see seal in messenger um saying you know either happy birthday or more likely well done for getting to 100 episodes but it's from my friend um and friend of the show luke murray who has the same birthday as me uh little known fact anyway he sent a video oh it was a while ago let's see right he's just a here we go what's he got <laughs> look at him go on luke what have you got He's just a normal man working in a normal job until he falls in love with Mrs. Wright. Ding, 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 ding. Lots of shots of them getting on, like having wine and laughing and going to football matches. But one thing, he wants to propose, but her dad's in town and he's in the mafia. Starring Robert Newmark Jones. Danny Dyer with an I and Danny Dyer <laughs> with a Y as the dad. You fucking what? He says. The father-in-law coming soon to probably one cinema in the area. <laughs> Very soon. Lovely. There we go. He's is, that, just a... is that following the Save the Cat beat sheet? Is that right? Who is he getting? Wait, let's follow. Let's follow the plot. He's just a normal man. Oh, damn. I'm just a normal man. Okay, fine. Working in a normal job. Okay. Until he falls in love with Mrs. Wright. Sweet. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, that's the setup. That's the beat sheet. Look, setup, opening image. Maybe it'll be work, you know, just the commute. You know, wearing some kind of shitty suit. I'm, I'm working in an ordinary job, aren't I? So I'm just doing the commute. I'm, I'm wearing a tie. Maybe it's in a packed tube or something like that. I've got that look on my face like, oh, God kind of thing um and but i meet mrs wright what happens ding 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 lots of shots of them getting on like having wine and laughing and going to football matches 
going to football matches. Okay, here we go. So we've got the main characters of the world as it is, what's missing in their life, which is the lady. And so that's the catalyst, the moment where life as it is changes. Falling in love. But change is scary. And maybe they doubt. Let's see if he goes into that next. But one thing, he wants to propose, but her dad's in town oh. and he's in the mafia. <laughs> okay, there we go. He is following the beat sheet. See, this Luke's a natural at this. Starring Robert Newmark Jones, Danny Dyer with an I, and Danny Dyer with a Y as the dad. You fucking what? He says, the father-in-law coming soon to probably one cinema in the area. He's called it the father-in-law. The father-in-law. That's hilarious. Well, there we go. I mean, he's 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 literally followed the Blake Snyder beat sheet. BS2. Uh, what happens next? That's the question, right? Because obviously, if if he's in the mafia, I've got to engage with that, haven't I? Now, does he stuck? Does he accept me, or do I have to go through some kind of Herculean trials? Maybe I have to win his trust and respect. But if I'm just a normal guy working a normal job, am I going to do actual mafia shit? I don't think so, right? It's going to be too much. So I'm going to have to prove my worth to him in a different way but he is going to want me to do some mafia shit. And that's going to set up a lot of tension between the two of us. And I'm going to screw up at some point. And then the bad guys close in and it's going to look like all is lost. It's going to look like they're going to screw me. They're going to kill me. I've lost the girl. I've lost my life maybe. And I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm given a deadline. I have to get something done before the deadline and I, the only way I can think of doing it is the mafia way. And they're telling me that's the only way to do it. And if I don't do this, then it's all over for me. Maybe they're threatening my life or just that the, the um, my lady friend shall be removed from my, I don't know. I'm just spitballing, but I think that would work. And then I have to have a fresh idea. That would be the thing, right? A new inspiration where I can take what I have to do and solve the problem in a different way. So that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to relate back to the love of my life, I think, again. And, and then I'm going to, and that will be the finish. And those are all the, just the details, you know, we'll just put the details into place. Or, well, what was it? What was it? He said, um, I just kind of know how just go on your instincts. So, so this whole thing then save the cat pointless because you can just, just go on your instincts, mate. Just go on your instincts. Okay. Yeah. Great. What, any any more advice? Yeah, it just flows. I just kind of know how. Brilliant. Thank you. Oh my God, so helpful. Where would I be without you? It just flows. I'm very fortunate as I have a producer. Yep. All right. Sounding bitter now. Come on, Robert. Chin up, mate. Chin up. It was a good birthday. Thank you, Caitlin, for contributing positively to my life. It's worked out, isn't it? I would say this. If you find and meet and marry the love of your life well done pretty good that's a good start that's a base you just kind of know how love of your life get that squared away and then you know go from there go from there that would be my advice but um what else what else is going on what else is going on so i've talked about the birthday the big comedy conference uh shout out to keith uh triangle of sadness weed butter I've got 
a crazy story, uh, which has not finished yet. I'm only in the middle of it. But I might be about to try Toad Venom on the NHS. And I don't think I'm going to tell anyone, so don't tell anyone that I said this. But I'm pretty sure that I'm going to get Toad Venom on the NHS. Now, it might sound insane, because it is. But this is, I'm going to find out tomorrow. What day is it? Tuesday. I'm going to find out on Thursday. Um, I believe it's a type of DMT, uh, but like it's stronger or something. Psychedelic toad venom is the new trendy hallucinogenic. And before you say anything, no, they do not give you a toad to lick, which is a shame. But actually, maybe the toad doesn't want to be licked. Comparable to the likes of ayahuasca, psilocybin mushrooms and mescaline, a new mind-altering drug is hitting the US psychedelic scene. Toad venom. Uh, produces a venom known as 5-MeO-DMT, an extremely potent natural psychedelic, four to six times more powerful than its better-known cousin, DMT. And the NHS are going to give it to me. Maybe. Maybe. I have told I might be a suitable candidate. Pretty good, huh? What is it because I had the meniscus surgery, do you reckon? Uh, or the crushing depression? Or the decades of insomnia? Or the general cheery nature. Which thing was it that meant I was a suitable candidate for trying toad venom? Um, now, the question is, can I handle it? People have been doing it for thousands of years, apparently. Um, the drug's hallucinogenic effects take hold in about five minutes. Whew, causing a powerful religious-like trip that lasts about an hour. Jesus Christ. Individuals have taken the toad venom, described their trips as being one with the universe and feeling reborn. One user said they felt a total fusion with God while under the influence. Is this going to turn me religious? Users experience bright colours, moving environments or recursive patterns. According to researchers, the drug often leaves users immobile, unresponsive and can cause intense emotional reactions, euphoria, convulsions and vomiting. So this is not a party drug, is it? Thanks, NHS. Uh, it's part of, I believe, I mean, I can't give away too many details, but it's part of a study and a trial uh, based on, I believe, the success of psychedelics in treating people with PSD. P PSD? PTSD. Um, which is a fascinating thing. If you didn't know about it, there's this thing called MAPS. Um, which is an organisation that kind of funds these studies, and they found it much more effective than any other treatment. So complex PTSD, we're talking about soldiers who've been in a conflict, who've been in a war zone, who've experienced that, who've gone through a traumatic experience, and it has profoundly impacted them and altered their life for the worse. And this psilocybin, psychedelic therapy, in careful doses alongside talk therapy with the therapist is experiencing massively successful results. Like by, by, I think, an order of magnitude or maybe even more, many fold than anything else. And they've been doing it with psilocybin. And they've been doing it with MDMA, I want to say. Um, and so the idea is, and this is what they were doing with LSD before they made it illegal in the 70s. The idea is, is that in a controlled setting alongside talk therapy, because these substances allow you to 
I don't know what it is. I mean, it, it floods the, the brain and the body with, with whatever the thing is. So 5-MeO-DMT. I mean, I believe the body produces DMT, but not 5-MeO-DMT. And certainly the amount the body produces is not enough to make you do anything like this. Uh, you know, euphoria, convulsions and vomiting. Um, oh, God. In addition, many people suffer from extreme nausea and confusion for days. I don't want to be confused for days. Uh, a new possible treatment for depression, an afterglow that can trigger them to make major positive life changes. Appears to have a placebo analgesic effect comparable to hypnosis. Drug has been shown to help break attachments to past trauma, negative behaviours and habitual negative thought patterns. So, look, this is actually related to the PTSD thing. Um, Interesting. 80% reported improvements in their conditions after using the drug. Yeah, the toad. Thank you, little toad. What toad is it? What's the toad called? Buffo alvarius, native to the Sonoran Desert. Uh, let's milk these bad boys. <laughs> Milking their back. Milking toad's back. How do they get toad venom? How do they do it? Do they milk the back of the toad? Hey, little toad, come here. I want to milk your back. I want to milk your back. Toad venom addiction and abuse. No, I'm not going to get addicted to it. Colorado River toad. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Psychedelic toad venom. But how do they get it? Venomous cane toads. Toad sprays poison. Toad venom and DMT. Hamilton. Hamilton's good. You ever seen any Hamilton's pharmacopoeia? He's an interesting guy. He's he's like a, the Louis Farou, but for psychedelics, because he takes the stuff as well. Uh, let's see what he's got to say. The sound. You are hearing couches spade foot toads, and they are advertising for mating. Those are males. That's what I do when, when I'm trying to get Caitlin in the mood. Unfortunately, I don't hear the Sonoran Desert Toad in there. Buffo alvarius can be really quiet and not call. When you consider that an amphibian is next to a fish in its water requirements, it's pretty remarkable that amphibians even exist in these desert regions. Nerd! Of course they exist. There's a river. Okay, so um, they're, they're looking around a river in the pitch black <laughs> in the hope of finding a toad. I mean, I guess, spoiler alert, they must find the toad, no? But what they do to survive is that they spend up to nine months or more underground, dormant. Oh. Once the rain starts hitting the ground, nice. it's an auditory signal for the toads. To Not just auditory, they'll feel the rain, the vibrations. Find one. I got some space for you. This is They've got amphibian one. sex. They have a window of less than three months to eat and procreate before they have to go back under, before the rain. Hey, look at them, they're having sex. Frogs having sex. What I like about frog eyes is they have no expression whatsoever. They're just blank. But they're just, they're literally like, they're super glued together. And it's just, there's no pumping going on either. It's just like, we breed. It's like Hypnotoad. Anyway, um, when do they get to... Uh, oh, what is that? Bufo alvarius. Like many... I think they found one. 
Like many amphibians, Bufo alvarius possesses a powerful defense against predators. When bitten, the toad secretes a milky white fluid from its parotoid glands that can poison its attacker, making them extremely ill and sometimes causing cardiac arrest. Parotoid glands? It's disgusting. Anything that's secreted from a gland? That's what I'm having? I'm not sure I'm really keen on that. Here, would you like some of this? I secreted it from my gland. While the psychedelic bufotenine has been detected in dozens of toad species, Bufo alvarius is the only amphibian known to biosynthesize its O-methyl homolog, 5-MeO-DMT. The toad's neck and limbs carry numerous protuberant glands marked by pores through which venom is excreted from subcutaneous lobules that contain the enzyme responsible for biosynthetic conversion of bufotenine to 5-MeO-DMT, wow. in addition to the production of other tryptamines and cardiotoxic steroids. Jesus. Cardiotoxic steroids? So cardiotoxic would be bad for your heart. What is this frog on? He's just jacked to the gills. He's like a dodgy guy at a gym. When the toad's secretions are dried and smoked, it produces a psychedelic effect so profound that it can cause complete dissociation from consensus reality. Despite its extraordinary potency, the drug is generally benign when used with supervision. But its tendency to cause dissociation and mixture with MAO inhibitors has resulted in at least three deaths from drowning or Jesus. aspiration of vomit. Okay. They better be super careful when they give it to me then. Why might someone even begin using this in the first place? Where would someone get what that do you idea? Because it's great. Because the NHS give it to us. Um, so is he not going to try it? Come on, Hamilton. I just said you were like the Louis Theroux of this. And it's not only because you look like Louis. <laughs> he does. Especially young Louis when he's doing his rapping. <laughs> when he does a jiggle jiggle, it folds. Um Yep, so yeah, look, look, that's um that's that's the that's the update. That's the life. That's what's been going on, and that is all I have time for because it's dinner time. But thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Bliss of the Abyss, and I'll see you next time. listening to the show if you've enjoyed it please give us five stars and consider becoming a subscriber and maybe even supporting us on patreon really 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 helps me continue making this show uh, if you haven't enjoyed it then you can many many thanks to nils hennis steer for the amazing music and to dave fox for the cool artwork please keep coming back every week for more bliss of the abyss